ignition sequence start. Five. Everything. Three. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. I'm George Drake Jr. And this is Everything Sounds. What's your paper called? It's called Brethren We Have Met to Worship Sacred Harp Singing in Atlanta. Wait a second, I know her. That's Ruth, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's going to help us get started today. Hi. She's also my special (laughs) lady. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and you'll actually hear from mine a little bit later, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's going to sing. Both of our girlfriends sing. You play music, but I can't even begin to understand any of it. Well, you might not be able to understand it because that one time you took guitar lessons, your teacher said you would never be able to play (sighs) because your fingers were too fat. That's not exactly where I was going with that. (laughs) But yeah, I guess that works too. It's one of my favorite George stories. Yeah, yeah. You and everyone else. Anyway, let's... How about we just get going? How about some background or something? Okay. Shape note is an old tradition. It was introduced in the late 1700s and early 1800s, and the intent was to help people sight sing, which is to be able to sing just based on the notes that they see on the page. That sight singing really kept people from learning the music. They couldn't read notes. They, they thought that music would be opened up to the masses if they could read the music. So to make this easier for people who didn't know how to read them, they turned the notes into shapes. There is a square, a triangle, a circle, and a diamond. Here's how Ruth describes it in her paper. I'll read the sentence that goes before it too. Okay. The use of shapes was meant to facilitate congregational singing by making songs easier to sight read. An experienced shape note singer quickly associates the shape of the note with its position in the scale. So those shapes, the square, triangle, circle, and diamond, replaced the head of each note. But the music structure itself is also a little bit different. Okay, now you can take it away, Kate. That's Craig's girlfriend. Okay, in the standard seven-note musical scale, it's... Do. <laughs> okay, in the standard seven note musical scale, it's Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. But in sacred harp singing, um, in the four note tradition, there's Fa, Sol, La, Fa, Sol, La, Mi, Fa, which makes a major scale. Which would sound like this. Fa, sol, la, fa, sol, la, mi, fa. Think of it less as a change in the content and more of just a change of presentation. It's like changing your font from Times New Roman to Arial or painting a door to a different color. You can still open and close that door, but it just looks different. In shape note, fa is a triangle. Which is like a flag, fa. So is a circle. Which is for the sun. La is a square. And that leaves you with me. Is a diamond, which is the leading tone, so you don't see many me's. So the shapes would be laid out like this. Triangle, circle, square, triangle, circle, square, diamond, triangle. But in shape note singing, they don't actually sing the names of the shapes like that. That's just to help you understand this concept. Although people aren't singing shape note to help them read music as much anymore, what's important is that they're keeping the tradition alive. And that's actually what we'll be figuring out in today's episode. Why it stayed around for so long, and what's still keeping it around today. 
Welcome to the In Sacred Heart Circles, known as the Lincoln's Birthday Singing. It's also a Sacred Heart When you go to a shape note sing, it may seem a little odd at first. There's no audience. The sing isn't considered a rehearsal for a bigger performance. This thing is it, that's everything. It's a gathering of people singing together. It's in a unique arrangement too. It's, they call it the hollow square. The idea of arranging around a hollow square, I think was a natural result of the way the pews were set up in country churches. That's Ann Heider. She's a choral conductor and an active member of the Chicago Shape Note Singers. Imagine a clock face and place big squares of pews at the 12, 3, 6, and 9 o'clock positions, all facing inward. These are the treble, alto, tenor, and bass sections. The smaller square that's left in the middle, that's the hollow square that Anne's talking about. And if somebody wants to lead a song, that's where they stand. But they don't just get up and stand in the middle. That's not how it's done. No. It really isn't. No, that's just poor form. It's much more organized. Let's say it's a big sing with about 20 people or so, maybe even more. Before people even take their seats, they fill out a card, which also acts as an attendance. The card asks two questions. What's your name? And would you like to lead? You fill out a little piece of paper with your name on it and you check yes. And that piece of paper goes to a group of two or three people who are called the arranging committee. From there, it's the arranging committee's job to select people to lead. One after another. And to make sure that they choose different songs from what's already been sung that day. The leader stands in the center of this hollow square with the rows of singers facing inward from the four sides. They call out the number of song that they'd like to sing. 542. Somebody, usually on the front bench of the tenor section, will sound a pitch. All of the singers then come in with their own pitches. And sort of tune up that chord. And then the leader beats time. Which kind of like uh, mimicking a karate chop or a tomahawk with your hand. And the singers go through the song singing the notes calling them by their shapes, which is fa, so, la, and mi. And once they're done singing it through with the shapes, they go ahead and sing the song. And that's it. That's, then you sit down and someone else gets up to leave. And standing in the middle, with a 360 degrees of voices coming your way, that's something pretty wild. Sacred harp is one of the more common shape note traditions. There are sacred harp singers in just about every state in the U.S., as well as ones in Germany, Ireland, and the U.K., It's named after the book they use, which, as Ruth said, is a four-note structure. There are other four-note traditions out there, like the Nurembega, Missouri, and Shenandoah harmony, but there are also seven-note traditions which use different shapes, but we won't go into those today. For now, we're only going to focus on the sacred harp. At the very beginning, it wasn't sacred harp. It wasn't even shape note at the time. Even before shape notes, there was a lively tradition of itinerant 
singing teachers who traveled around from town to town and would set up a temporary singing school, have a week or two weeks of classes or lessons, and then maybe sell the locals a few copies of his song collection, and then pack up the saddlebags and on to the next town. So these traveling teachers taught their ways of singing across the eastern seaboard. Soon after, other people started to teach it as well, and the method of learning to sing with shapes was catching on. Along the Ohio River Valley westward and uh, south down the Appalachian Mountain chain. Songbooks started forming, and they were filled with music that people already knew, as well as newer music by young composers who could have just learned how to read music from notes. After the War of Independence and the War of 1812... And the United States was sort of on its feet, maybe a little shaky, but still a functioning entity. Established European musicians started coming over to get jobs, which they couldn't necessarily get back home. And they brought with them music by composers like Haydn and Mozart and Schubert and Mendelssohn, which were, they had the cachet of being European. The new European music followed different rules of composition, which were deemed scientific, than the people in the U.S. were used to. And all of a sudden, what was then considered to be old-timey music... That had been composed by colonial composers, and a lot of it transcribed into shape notes... ...was seen as crude and outdated. All in all, it wasn't worth performing anymore. But in the country... And especially along the Appalachian chain... It wasn't seen that way. It was special to them. It was what they created and what they inevitably passed on. It was cherished and kept alive. Shape note singing was a major part of the southern states. Bits and pieces of East Texas. And the western part of Virginia. It was a thriving tradition with lots of annual events where people would come for miles around. Where they'd gather to sing together. For many people, it was a major form of entertainment. But as time went on, shape note had to compete with the changing times. Improved travel and soon after, the radio started displacing shape note as entertainment. It also had to compete with other styles of music. Like gospel, that were spread rapidly and became very popular quickly, began to sort of crowd out the popularity of singing shape note music. But you better have Jesus. And it was just about dying off in the 1960s. And a lot of the families who had been traditional Southern singers for uh, many generations really didn't think there'd be any way to keep it going. Shape Note has been resilient throughout the years. It started hundreds of years ago, battled some heavy competition, and through it all, it's managed to stay alive. But what's critical for it to stay alive now is to appeal to a younger generation. As the world's evolved, the Shape Note community has evolved along with it. There are Shape Note groups on Facebook, and you can follow Shape Note Scotland on Twitter. You can even listen to Shape Note recordings on SoundCloud. And things like Meetup are getting singers together to continue the tradition. But Anne says there's a critical mass of younger people that need to attend to sing. Because if just one young person shows up at a singing, and they look around and they see that everybody looks older than their parents, they're not likely to come back. And trying to fill those younger slots is necessary. Uh, It's important 
for us to keep reaching out to groups of young people however we can. And, well, it's working. I think it's really exciting to see more young people sing. That's Robert. He's a part of that younger generation. He's 23. Um, that's That's been a, a challenge for Sacred Harp um, over, over its whole history is trying to convince the young people that this is important. He's helping bring new people, both old and young, into Shape Note by hosting so, classes. Yeah, I'm really excited that everybody's here. Um, and this is kind of the first, what they call a singing school that I've ever led. So I want to make sure that it's really participatory. Um, if you have anything to add, um, please just go for it. Feel empowered to do that. So a lot of people who have been coming to the new singer singings, um, maybe sung in high school in a chorus or in college, and the, and have really missed making music with other people. And I've been lucky enough to continually find different outlets for for my need to sing. So I I'm really excited that we've created a um, a space that. Uh, young people feel excited to come to and feel like they're improving their skills and uh, making connections with other people. It is, it's a little intimidating. So let's just get, get a little comfortable with the shapes. Um, we can sing a scale and then start jumping around a little bit. So, fa, la, yeah. So, fa, sol, la. Um, I think that there are so many people in the United States that either sang in the past and don't have an outlet for singing anymore, or as a young person, they were told, like, oh, you're not that great of a singer. Maybe you should try something else. Um, And that doesn't exist other places. In other places, singing and making music is for everyone. Um, It is something that people can come together over, something that provides really human connections with other people. And that activity is really important. Robert says he's seen the number of younger people going to the Shape Note Sings increase over the past few years. And those new singer singings are only part of the reason. There's a community that comes along with Shape Note, and he thinks that community is something that people are looking for. I think there are a lot of young people who find Shape Note music and just get totally hooked because you're singing and creating something with other people that, and you don't, you don't get a lot of chance to do that in contemporary life. Um, and that's really beautiful. And I think the young, you know, the, the generation that is kind of my age in their early to late twenties recognize how great of a thing it is and are taking a more active role in organizing singings, not only in Chicago, but in Boston and Philadelphia and, California, all over the place. At this point, the Shape Note tradition has been around for more than 200 years. And we asked Robert to tell the absolute truth. There's no doubt it's a constant battle to get more people interested, and there's no telling what'll happen in the future. So even though Shape Note seems to be resilient, does he think that it'll outlive him? There is so much momentum um, to grow the community of Sacred Harp Singers, but it's, it's also really great because even in the growth efforts, there's such a commitment to honoring the past and honoring the people who have 
been perpetuating this music for so long. Um, there was, I think the publisher of one of the editions of the Sacred Harp once said, and this is in like the late 1800s, he once said that if Sacred Harp lasted until 1950, it would be a miracle. Um, and it, that's how worried people were that the young people weren't going to be interested in this. So uh, I have no doubt that it will survive that long at this point. Thanks to the Chicago Shape Note singers for letting us record their sings, Kate Lumpkin for her vocal stylings, and to Ruth Reveal for pitching today's episode. You can learn more about Shape Note, the Chicago singers, and also read Ruth's paper on Shape Note singing at our website, everythingsounds.org. And if you'd like to go to a Sacred Harp Shape Note singing yourself, head to fossolaw.org, and there you can find local Shape Note communities. That link is on our website as well. Also on the site, links to our various social media pages on Facebook, SoundCloud, and we tweet at EvSounds. Connect with us and join in on the conversation. Until next time, thanks for listening to Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr.